0: Hello, and welcome to The Neighbor Next Door, a podcast about the power and importance of neighboring. I'm your host, Matthew Johnson, and as usual, I am joined on the virtual front porch by my colleague and neighboring, Adam Barlow-Thompson.
1: Hey, good neighbors. Welcome to the Front Porch. Uh, Today we are continuing to curate the perfect mix of content to inspire neighboring in your world. And so we are continuing our episode with some practitioners of neighboring from Midland, Michigan.
0: Yeah, so uh, uh, recently we were able to sit down with um, Maureen who is the mayor of Midland, Michigan, um, as well as Alicia, Um, who is part of um, the Midland Community Foundation and uh, we have a part one of this interview that uh, you can find on our wherever you find our podcast. This is part two where we shift the focus um, from talking about how neighboring has impacted their community to some of the specifics. One uh, was the relationship of government, uh, local government to neighboring uh, and also the role that that neighboring plays in shaping an inclusive community. I guess I'm wondering and I'm so you said it started in 2011 so okay so 9 years do you I mean are there one or two things that stand out for you as far as the, the, the fruits of this, like ways that you've seen it change Midland. Mm.
2: Well, it changed me.
0: Mm-hmm. Um,
2: and so I, I, I mean, I think it really did, you know, change me. Um, so I have a Christmas party and I love, you know, really meeting my neighbors, but we also put out, you know, some, we did some things at the city, which we might not have done before. And we have a website and we say, Hey, take pictures of your neighbor. We, and, you know, send them to us and we'll, you know, we'll post them. What do, we, what do you do to neighbor? Cause we have a neighboring week now. Okay. Um, which is, which has been great. And it kicks off our cultural awareness month. But so we have this, this week, and we say, "Hey, here's some ideas." And we created mm. things like scav, especially this year with COVID, like a scavenger hunt. How could you, how could you neighbor when you really can't get close to people? <laughs> <laughs> you know, how can you do that? Um, so I think it's given us. I, I think we've been able to to really, you know, build and move it along. And I think um, the the other thing, and this is going to sound a little bit political, so I apologize. Okay. for that um, but I do the state of the city address every year and I I started talking about it in my state of the city address and I was really like you know being the America can I talk about religion <laughs> can I talk about that <laughs> without you know and, and so it was really important for me to be able to be fully present too to the community about who I am mm. so I really felt that it you know it gave me that opportunity you know, to talk about our wonderful faith-based community and how they give back mm. to our community. It's just not businesses and industry and taxpayers. It's really, you know, organizations do so much for the communities where they are. Yes.
0: Oh my gosh. Yes. And that's so beautiful, right? We, um, in asset-based community development, there is just this real intentionality around realizing our communities have, Gifts that, in some ways, may be, be hidden because we th- they're not the ones that jump out, right? We think first of industry and you know the larger institutions, and there's there are so many other beautiful gifts in our communities that um, we can easily overlook. And something like neighboring brings them into our awareness. That's that's been my experience, anyway. So,
2: well, um, so. and I think I think faith has changed so much, you know church churches were the gathering spots you know and for some people now it's their gym is their you know is their church or their country club is or you know or what but how can we bring all of those things in all of those things in to, you know to be really a place where everyone can thrive how do we do this all together because we we do have we're all alicia always says let's just talk about being human mm. human <laughs> how can we do that and I love it because I think of that word now all the time because of her,
0: mm-hmm.
2: human. Yes.
0: Yes.
1: Well, I was just curious because one of the things we often talk about it too is that you, it's difficult for institutions to lead neighboring efforts because the minute that people start to feel like it's top down, um, then it's like, well, okay, the mayor wants me to neighbor, but like, I don't want to care about that. But you guys seem to help uh, precipitate this movement without, um, like, I guess micromanaging it or like a lot, like, meddling with it too much that it felt like some kind of top down thing. I wondered if you had any insights on that.
3: Yeah. I mean, and I think just to kind of explain why I'm even sitting here, because as Maureen talks um, with with both of you and, and today, I mean, she's really sharing like some, some deep history of the concept of neighboring within our community. And I don't have that, but what I, I do get the opportunity to do is work with our cultural awareness coalition within our community of Midland. And that's Maureen and I, one of the ways we connect is we are a part of this coalition together. And that cultural awareness coalition is um, an initiative of my place of employment, which is our, our Midland Area Community Foundation. But it is not led by the Midland Area Community Foundation. It is a collective group of humans who come together around the energy of building a more inclusive community for all people. You have a heartbeat you have a place to feel included and and you have a place to feel a sense of belonging. And so as we really are working to kind of figure out as a cultural awareness coalition, like where do we fit? We are not a leader of a top-down initiative as opposed to how do we come alongside of people, come alongside of entities, of sectors and just say, here's who we are, like join us, join us in this effort for inclusion. And I think that that's really where this piece of mobilized movement came from um, within this reinsurgence of Neighboring Week in our community. Um, it's not about Cultural Awareness Coalition saying, we've got it all figured out and let us come and tell you what to do or like micromanage your um, activities or, or the way in which you choose to engage in Neighboring Week. No, we say, here's Neighboring Week, let's talk about it. Let's all like have this collective buy-in that it's so much bigger than one organization, one person, one entity. And it's like, until we're really able to just have some of those raw dialogues, like it becomes an act and not like a sense of internal movement, if you will. And that's really what it felt like this year is that we were mobilizing a movement. not We weren't leading it. We were We were coming alongside and just providing support and continued empowerment to it.
2: Right. If it, if it belonged to me or just to the churches, when I'm in, when I'm no longer in office, it would go away. It would go away. And for us, it was so, it's so important that it becomes part of our culture and who we are. And, you know, um, I always say, you know, we want to work to develop an approach that will build well-being, helping residents become citizens enhance community connections, and be a more welcoming place for diverse populations. So when we can be outward focused, because it isn't about me, it's not about individual pastors and what what they're doing. It is just about who we are. It's about who we are and the kind of community that we wanna be. And at the end of the day, it is us that get to help create that. It's just not one person. And so it's like, how can we help one another do that? It's, it's, it's just like, hopefully, you know, 20 some years from now or a hundred years from now, people will say, well, you know, they did that neighboring thing. Can you imagine that? Why did they think it was so hard? You know,
1: that is great. Yes. (laughs) You guys nailed that. Thank you. I'm so glad that you, I asked that question because you both just like answered it exactly no like pressure though it right? Awesome. Gee. <laughs> <laughs> right it would have been really disappointing if you'd be like oh yeah it's ours and we own it and we just make sure everybody does what we ask them to yeah, yeah.
2: and everybody it's so creative what people do it's so fun, you know. I mean, right. cuz everybody does different things, you know. Some people show movies in their backyard and invite the neighbors to come over. And of course, kids help make those things happen because parents get a little, you know, like whimsical and think back to their youth and say, "Oh, let's let's try this." Or during, you know, I was going for a walk and one guy was out in his front yard this year, you know, during the major COVID part, had his amplifier and guitar. His neighbors were sitting in their driveway and the other neighbors in their driveway. And he was, you know, providing a little <laughs> concert for him. It was perfect. It was perfect. So, so all kinds of things that you can do, you know. And then of course you can just be there for mm-hmm. people when they need somebody, you know, when something, you know, sad happens or and, you anyone know, just needs a support or need someone to come and watch, you know, Someone that the baby's sleeping. Can you watch him while I run and pick up my other kid? Can you do that? You know, those are just, you know, daily things that, you know, make people neighbors.
0: So I want to see if we can dig in some more to, to the inclusion component. And Alicia, the the work that you all are doing um, around that. I mean, I think for me, I'm really, it's, this is kind of a growing edge. Like I, have and and you're, I think, helping put, put words to something that I have felt. And we've talked about here in Wichita some, you know, how, how do we, um, you know, we have a desire to, to be part of an inclusive community. And so I, yeah, I do wanna hear more, I mean, even just stories as far as how that work has gone and what the response has been and, and what you've discovered.
3: Yeah, and, and again, I think there's no better tie-in for inclusion than to this sense of what does neighboring mean? And like, how are we being neighbors to one another and whatever, scope in which we identify our, our community and our, our physical neighbors, our emotional neighbors. But I guess the first and foremost piece is that we as a collective whole of cultural awareness coalition in our community, we also have to have the vulnerability to show up and say, we don't always get it right. We, we probably miss the mark on inclusion more than we, we hit it. And, and that isn't a, a, um, acknowledgement of failure at all, but it's an acknowledgement that we're able to kind of just sit in the, the crappiness of things or sit in the mistakes of things and think about, okay, how do we work to build, build better or, or do different? And I think that's the piece that our cultural awareness coalition plays. And in this whole, uh, space of inclusion, it's not one organization represented or one people group, as opposed to it is a whole ton of people with a whole ton of diversity coming together to say, how do we make people in our community? We have over 80,000 people who live in the city and county in the collective whole of Midland County. How do we reach those people to, to support the narrative that you belong? that you have a place here. And that isn't going to happen just simply because of where they live or who their neighbors are, but it's going to come in the micro moments that people experience their community through. And so if we can create a sense of neighboring to be a a component of those micro moments, all we're doing is infusing this inclusion into this, again, the broader sense of our uh, community belonging and and community um, inclusion efforts. I don't know if that makes any sense or if that's like way too in the clouds and not tangible.
0: <laughs> I mean, I want to say it's totally it totally makes sense. Adam is is the better barometer because I'm a very abstract
1: person. So I don't yeah, know. Matt think... lives in Matt lives yes. in the cloud, so it <laughs> makes perfect sense, man. <laughs> well, give us give us the tangible side. Like, what does it mean? Like, what do you yeah, guys? Yeah. So.
3: Um, you know, as again, as we think about it in the scope of neighboring, right, like Maureen has touched on, we have identified that we are going to spend one super intentional week every year and, and highlight and, and drive home this um, idea of, of neighboring. Because I think, again, there's this belief that if we can start building this shared language around neighboring really intentionally one week it doesn't mean that that's going to hit 80,000 people <laughs> but it does mean that during that week we have different sectors of our community different people within our community come together and have this like shared energy around like intentional neighboring we have to believe that that's going to kind of grow that ripple effect to have lasting impact throughout mm-hmm. the year and so again i think one of the beautiful pieces is that as a cultural awareness coalition Maureen and myself and a few others on that coalition, we came together and said, we don't want to own this. We want to be a catalyst for this. We want to be able to spark energy and interest. And then, you know, not necessarily say we have to be the ones to lead it. So we allowed that autonomy to be up to the different organizations. And I think that was really amazing. And I wasn't even anticipating the amount of, um, buy-in that organizations were going to have in this whole sense of like building an inclusive community through neighboring. We had open forums where, um, again, I think because of COVID-19, we were forced to have a bit of a a pivoting where we no longer could host any sort of in-person forums. We did all virtual forums with our our various community stakeholders from an interested community member to um, the leader of a school district within our community. And, and have this shared conversation around, let us give you some language around neighboring, let us give you some shared um, awareness of what inclusion means and what the, the concept of neighboring means, but then like, let's have you run with it and let's have some brainstorming around what does neighboring mean week mean for this school district? What does neighboring week mean for this, um, retirement home? What does neighboring week mean for the city or the county? And just really had this like shared dialogue, but again, around like a hub of our our um, inclusion efforts and in developing a sense of belonging.
0: Wow, such great insights. Um, so I, I want to thank Maureen Donker, the mayor of Midland, Michigan, as well as Alicia Christie, the director of community impact at the Midland Area Community Foundation uh, for giving us their time and and sharing their work and their insights Uh, and thank you all for uh, joining us on this front porch conversation Um, yeah I don't know about you but I'm definitely tempted to move to Midland or at least visit right I mean it sounds like an amazing place so and I want to end by just echoing the words that Alicia shared uh, at the end of the interview. Uh, I am so inspired by that statement. Let's take this language of neighboring and inclusion and let's run with it, right? Let's, let's look at neighboring and inclusion. Um, let's build those relationships so that with our neighbors, we can have a shared sense of belonging. Uh, that's such a beautiful vision to move towards and hopefully inspires you as it inspires me uh, to try to be a better neighbor So so again, thank you for listening um, to The Neighbor Next Door. This is a production of The Neighboring Movement. You can learn more about our work by visiting www.neighboringmovement.org. And there you can find uh, neighboring tips, our blog, and other resources. Our podcast team includes Adam and I, of course, but also Christopher Swanson and Jenna Moody, who does our editing work. So thank you, team. And the music that you hear in the background is none other than Brutal Bear. All right, friends, thanks for listening. And until next time, happy neighboring.